from people on the West Coast except the 7 a.m. podcast. Bam, we're live. <laughs> yeah, man. It's wild. <laughs> Are you headed to the gym? No, I'm just chilling at home. Um, I, I'm end up going maybe like uh, the next couple hours. All right, cool. My name's Sevon, by the way. Thanks for doing this. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, thanks a lot for doing this. Uh, are you? Are your kids sleeping? Is that why you're in the car? Or? Yeah, they're in there sleeping. Yeah, I don't want to wake them up. Yeah, you're a good dad. Are you single dad? Yeah, single dad. Yeah. And and, the, and you raise the kids yourself? Uh, uh their mom's in the picture still. Yeah. yeah. What a what a. Uh, I didn't have kids until I'm 50 now, and I didn't have kids till I was. I had my first kid when I was 43. Oh, and when good. I see when I see a man like you pursuing what you're doing and raising kids and giving time to your kids, I'm just blown away. Yeah, man, it's it's a lot to juggle, but I always knew I wanted kids. So, and I've heard so many people like around me like stop chasing their dreams because they had kids. They have to, you know, work and and put their priorities first. And you know, like I was blessed enough to have people around me that like still help support me and get me to this point. But like in my mind, I, I always knew I was never, never going to stop chasing my dream no matter what. You knew I didn't want kids. You knew you wanted kids. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad crazy. now don't get me wrong. Like it's, it's my whole life now, but I, I just thought it would be crazy to have, them. but you knew. Yeah. I've always wanted kids. I always wanted to be a dad. Um, yeah. I, when I, I used to want five kids, but after I had my, my first one, I was like, um, I'm okay with just one at this point. <laughs> and, and, but, but you have, don't, don't you have two? Yeah, I got two. You, and you got a girl and a boy. Yeah. yeah. And, and how old are they? My daughter's three. My son will be five this year. Crazy. I, I got a, uh, let me see. I got a picture of him here somewhere. And, and where's home for you? Uh, I'm in Loma Linda right now. So and you and you're born and raised. You're a California boy through and through. Yeah, yeah. Born and raised. Born in L.A. Grew up in Fontana and San Bernardino. And, and and what are your mom and dad? What are you? Do you know what you are? Uh, nationality wise. Yeah, or ethnicity. Like what your background is. Um. You ever been twenty three and Mead? Nah. Yeah, smart. Just, Don't do that shit. If you do it, use a fake name. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. No, my sister did her little DNA test thing, and um. Uh, we're majority majority African and like had some like Scandinavian and some other stuff in there. You don't um, have any Japanese in you? No, not not that I've seen. Has anyone ever said that to you? No, nah. no. I mean, because you kind of look like a samurai. Like, look at your eyes. <laughs> you, That's you, right. It's, it's and also your forehead, it's and you're so tall. Yeah, I, I I respect that samurai samurai tarantula. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Cobra, the great Cobra Rhodes, uh, world famous arm wrestler, Jalen, great submission last weekend. Yeah. Crazy submission. Yeah. Crazy. You know, Cobra, Mm-mm. Cobra Rhodes, uh, man, you're just, you're just exploding. And, and, and when I watch your podcast, I can just see, I can just see it in your, like, in, in like your being, you're using words like destiny and manifested. And I always knew it. It, 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 some, something's happening to you, right? Is that, is that mental or spiritual or what's going on? Um, I think it's a little bit of both, mainly mental. Um, I just started just changing my mindset with everything and put it literally like when I manifest, I'll, especially like with the fight, I'll literally try to focus in, zone in and like put myself in the fight, visual, visualize every outcome, you know, visualize negative outcomes and how I'm going to get out of it visualize every positive outcome and and just keeping my mind focused you know like 
realizing like I'm human, you know, I'm going to make mistakes, but as long as I do my job and keep my focus on my purpose and, and what I need to get done, then all that becomes somewhat irrelevant, you know, it's, it's going to happen. So I've been soaking that in and, you know, it's, it's as weird as it may sound, like I've been feeling kind of like more average, but in my mind, I'm, I'm, I'm just taking in, I'm taking in the good with the bad and just going with the flow and enjoying the moment even more. Instead of like trying to be like this super motivated all the time, always, uh, you know what I'm saying? Like always on on this shit and like like in reality, like is the in a perfect world, yeah, like that that's what you want to be. But you know, we all have shortcomings. You know, I have you know bad days mentally where I don't want to do anything. I don't want to go excel and be great. You know, and I I accept it, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't mess me up. It doesn't throw me off. And then if I need to take that day off, I take that day off. Like I've just, I've just grown, you know, I've done this so long. I've just started to like figure myself out and figure out how to like break into and tap into something else mentally and spiritually, instead of just, uh, you know, just trying to like find motivational videos to keep me motivated and find this and that and do all this other stuff. I'm like tapping into myself and figuring out like within myself. Uh, it sounds like maybe compassion for yourself. Yeah, that could be it too. Yeah. Uh, I don't know the word for it, but it's, it's, it's helped. <laughs> um, when you, when you say that, um, what if I were to come back and say, Hey, are you getting soft? Are you, are you, are you, are you enjoying the victories too much? Maybe, maybe, maybe the success has gone to your head. No, not at all. Like, no, fuck you. it's it's like it's honestly like even with this one like i've been telling my friends like and i was just i've been telling a lot of people like like i'm happy to be where i'm at you know but i also expected it on myself and then at the same time it's like like i don't really get too excited about you know oh you're in the top 14 top 15 you're number 14 now like like yeah like i it's a big accolade, but like I've, I'm, I'm searching for more and it's almost like a melancholy feeling because, mm. you know, like it's like, it's satisfying, it's gratifying, but it also isn't at the same time. Kind of like, okay, like it's cool, you know, but there's, there's still more to be done. You know, there's, there's a lot more pressure added now. So it's like, I'm more focused on that and getting better and adapting for the next step than, than just enjoying this one moment so much you know like like i enjoyed it when it happened when i seen it and now i'm kind of like you know mentally moving on towards the next step you know uh, it's interesting you use the word melancholy i remember when i i, I won my first um, film festival and forrest whitaker and selma hayek gave me my award and the film went to like 30 film festivals and it won them all and i remember after i got the award at this one film festival and forrest whitaker handed it to me uh the academy award winner i i, I left the film festival and i called my mom i was probably in my late 20s early 30s and i was crying and she goes what's up i'm like there's nothing here I feel no different with the victory. There's no, there's no like, it's, it's, it's going to be never ending pursuit of trying to get shit my whole life. And I'm never going to be fucking fulfilled. But, but at the same time, you still, you got to just leverage that desire to try to fulfill that unfulfillable bucket to, to keep going. Right. Yeah. It's, it's like you get down. Um, what about this? What about this? This is from, uh, this is almost three years ago. From nothing to something, growing up, a lot of people made me feel like I was nothing. I took nothing and made it into a lot. Um, who, who was that? 
What was that? Um, I was just like me just reflecting on my past. Like I always felt like I like man, like growing up, and it was it was, it was hard growing up. Like I just always felt. Always How could it be hard life. growing up? You're 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 in California. You're tall and you're good looking. Oh, I would. I'm short. I'm not good looking. I was in California. That was cool. I was cool. <laughs> I haven't always been this good looking. <laughs> yeah, all right. Oh, I know. I saw the picture. I saw the picture. <laughs> Man, um, I just I just went through a lot growing up. Like, and it it all taught me a lot. I'm grateful for like how like my upbringing. But like I just never felt like I like I I fit in anywhere, um, and even like the places like the people I would hang out with like I would seldomly fit in like. But they like it was just like more about the acceptance, and it just became a lot. You why? Know? Just, why you're a weirdo? You're a weirdo that like spiders, or what do you mean you, you didn't fit in? I didn't fit in either. But why didn't you fit in? Um, man, like. I used to skateboard. I guess like like so like most of my friends weren't like they didn't like okay so I always. <laughs> I know I you wanted like, kids at a young age. That's weird as shit. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Um, I just felt like I didn't fit in with certain p- groups of people. I never like like had like a, a level of acceptance where I felt comfortable and and in, in, like situations. Like it's just crazy, you know. Like it's like out here. It's like you you know you either academically smart in school or you know, you're, or you're a sports player or, you know, like, or you're, you're just a little thug, you know, it's like, there wasn't really like, I didn't really fit into any of that. You know, I, I tried out for sports, wasn't really good at them. Um, until I found wrestling, I fell in love with wrestling. That's what actually like, got me into the pursuit of MMA. Um, why you think you're more of an artist, not academic, not, are you cr- crazy creative type? Yeah, I feel like that too, but like, I even like even with art, like I just felt like it wasn't like like my complete niche. Like I loved art class. Like don't get me wrong. Like like my art teacher was the best. Like she was super awesome, and you know. Um, but I just at the end of the day, I just still felt like there was always something missing for me. Like I did. I always felt like I was destined for greatness, but I never knew what it was, you know. And it always bugged me. It always bothered me. But you know, I still went on with my life. Like I like I didn't let it like get to me too much. But like I, like my outlets would be like like skateboarding or like you know like i used to have like pets like those are my outlets you know like those were like the things that made me kind of like feel like 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 i had like a little bit of a purpose i like i got growing up at those times skateboarding's and, uh, hard right you got to have almost a little bit of asperger's or a little autism uh, you know like these t- like like whenever you see the pro skaters and they're being interviewed you're like oh yeah you're fucking like you're like one of those <laughs> japanese kids that plays the violin you know what i mean i mean you got it i mean that kickflip is fucking hard if the obsessive. Yeah, skateboarding. I, the number one thing I feel like I took away from skateboarding is like determination and stubbornness because like you get hurt, broke off, and you just want to learn. You just want to land this one trick. You know, you just want to land it and land it. And you'll do, you'll try it a, a thousand times until you get it, you know? And then once you get it, it's like the best feeling in the world. And then you just keep chasing that feeling and just keep wanting to progress and get better. And like, same thing, like if you're like trying to do a trick off a stair set, you know, and you mess up, hurt your ankle, you like, you keep trying it until like you li- like legit are hurt and you can't keep going anymore. And then you come back and try to try it again, you know? So that's, that's what skateboarding taught me like mentally. I'm reading this book by, or I'm listening to this book. I just finished it by uh, Bob Rotella. It's called a uh, championship mindset. And uh, he was LeBron's three point coach. When he picked up LeBron, LeBron was only shooting like 
I don't know, 29% or 20% three throws. And then three of the women he coached in golf are the three only women, I think, who shot a 59 in a tournament. I guess that's good. I don't play golf. but And he, and he tells all these stories. But the three things he says that great people have in common is they're focused on, on three things, their health, their family, and then whatever their shit is whether it be golf or MMA or, and, and when I, and when I look at your, um, when I look at your, uh, Instagram, it, 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 you pretty much fall into those categories. Like your, your, your health is like, and your family are, and then, and then MMA. Yeah. Those are, those are my, my biggest priorities for sure. Because like, you know, if that being said, if I'm not healthy, I can't provide for my family, you know? And, if I'm not healthy and I can't provide for my family, I'm going to be mentally messed up and I'm not going to be able to go do my job as well. You know, so it all, that all ties together with greatness, regardless of any, anything you really look at, you know, um, like even a, a normal job, if you go to a regular job and your, your mental health isn't there and, and you're not, you know, you don't, you hate it. You don't want to go there. Like it's, it's not going to be good. It's the negative energy is just going to resonate with everybody else that's around you, you know? So how old are you again? 27. So you had your, a son at 22? Yeah. And, and you weren't tripping? You weren't like scared to death? <laughs> no, I wasn't scared to death. Um, you didn't see like your whole life flash before your eyes? Like, oh shit, I got to do this. I got to do this. I better get a job at Starbucks so I can get health insurance. And No, I didn't I didn't stress out about it like that. Like I already had, I, what did I have a job? I don't remember where my job was. I had a job at the time already, so I wasn't really stressing it. But um, yeah, like I, I don't know, dude. Like, even when I was, I think I, I had a pregnancy scare with my girlfriend when I was like 17, 16, 17. So that was crazy, you know? So I, at that point, I already like figured out, like, well, you know, my mom's not going to kill me if, you know, if I, if I have a kid. So I was like, oh, shoot. Okay. Oh, so you told her, you told your mom about the pregnancy scare? Yeah, when I was younger, yeah. So you're close to, you got to be close to your mom to tell her that shit. Yes, it's just my mom. My, my dad's not in the picture. So like, me and my mom are super close. Where'd you, what happened to your dad? Um, her, him and my mom got a divorce when I was like seven years old. And then he was like in and out of my life at that point. And he ended up just completely getting out of my life eventually. Uh, you know, had his, had his new wife and they moved somewhere, lost contact with him. So that was that. Um, do you trip now that you have kids? Do you ever wonder like, hey, how did your dad? Me having Look. kids made me understand that my dad is a coward and there's no excuse for him not owning up to not being in mine and my sister's life. I, I hear you, but is, don't you, isn't a party sort of feel um, bad for him? Like, I mean, nope. look, look what a great son you are and he missed out. He must be hurting. No, that's that. You know, that's his fault. <laughs> you know, I, I, I know, I know, I know. I, I hear you. I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to like uh, relinquish him of the blame, but the thought of me being separated from my kids fucking like kill, would, kills me. Exactly. Would you ever let anything come between you and your kids? No. Okay. So there's, there's no excuse for it because I would never let that happen. Yeah. I mean, it would have to be someone would have to drag me away. Yeah. Like it, like it'd have to be like, you know, like, I don't even know what, what like what it would take for me to not be in my kid's life. You know, like that's that's how much I care about my kids and my family. So it happy like a giant comes down, a hand comes from the sky and just takes me. Yeah, you know, like that, something like, weird like that. That's it. Yeah, something weird, death. Like that's the only way. Like I don't 
I, I think I'd, it, I'd have to be out of my kids' lives. Um, Jalen, when did you realize you were, you were tough? Um, man, honestly, you know, it's, it's, it's crazy because like, that's another thing, like growing up, like my, like my family, like they always called me the soft, the soft one. Like they never, like if you ask, like you were a sensitive boy, like, Oh, Jalen's so sensitive. Yep. If you ever ask any of my family, like, like would they have thought I would have been the fighter. They like, they'll tell you, no, like not in a million years. And, and and when did you realize it? Um, I guess like like the first couple of times that like I like I street fought, I guess when I was like I was really young, and I was just like I just always knew like I had like this like crazy like rage and like frustration built inside of me, you know. And I guess that like, also ties into like not fitting in, like feeling like I fit into. I just always had so much. Uh, I just knew I had like this crazy like dark side on the inside of me like i like I, I hated it at some like sometimes but like i guess like like when i would get really mad or like fight like it would like like come out and like i get a get a little bit of a, a release i guess and like i guess that's when i figured out i was kind of tough but like still kind of like i'm smart but i'm like you know i don't i don't know how to explain it <laughs> yeah i don't i don't know how to understand either i do i do know that feeling though the first time you get punched in the face you you're kind of like, oh, that's not as that's not nearly as bad as I thought it was gonna be. Yeah, um, yeah, I guess I guess that's the feeling. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Cobra, Cobra, Cobra's trying to hijack the interview. Uh, Jalen, can you share with us the most important advice or lesson you have received and learned? Ooh. Oh man, um, I've been honest. I, I've been blessed to hear a lot of uh, great advice, um, like. I really can't even pinpoint one key aspect of advice that I've heard that uh, that I would say is the best. Um, it's it's a plethora, you know. Like, don't stop chasing your dreams, you know. Like, make it happen. Like, give it your all. Like, all the you know everything, you know. Like, just I've heard so much from so many people. Like, I've I've been blessed to be around a lot of wise people, and and I guess actually like pretty consistent. So I can't even tell you what the best key advice was that i've had um how old your sister um older yeah i got two sisters my one of them's 30 and the other ones i don't know she's she's a lot older than me and i don't like to remember her age because it's pretty crazy but she's we're like 12 years apart or something like that and and the sister who's close to you did you wrestle with her as a kid growing up did you guys wrestle and play and rough house and no not not too much no Uh uh-uh she she was mean (laughs) <laughs> we didn't get close. We didn't get close until we both became adults. And did she make the effort for that? Um, it's I don't know. We just both like. She has kids. Yeah, she has kids too. She has a daughter. Um, I don't know how that happened. Like, I just like around the time like she, I think she's like twenty, twenty something. I was like eighteen, and then like we just got super close. It was just random, like. I guess she like kind of realized like how mean she was over the years <laughs> and we just got cool. So, um, yeah, it's it just wild how it happened. It probably, uh, you probably know this as a parent, but the, the best thing about being a parent is watching the siblings get along. Right. So yeah. like your daughter falls down and your brother and your son stops whatever he's doing and runs over and helps her. And you're like, Oh shit, this is the best movie ever. Yeah. So it, it must it must warm your mom's heart to see uh, you and your sister 
good because when my kids fight, it sucks, right? Like you yeah. see one of your, I have three sons and I see one hit the other one and I, I just fucking, I hate it. Yeah. I, hate, I don't mind the wrestling, but just, you know, like walk over with a stick and hit them. You're like, damn. <laughs> yeah. Especially with three boys. Yeah. They're all going to be a little It's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. Um, you're, you're six, three. Yeah. Um, uh, when did you, when did you become six, three? How old were you when you stopped growing? Um, I were you ever I, short? Um, I, 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 and they lined you guys up by, by height in school. Were you always at the front? And I was in nah. the back. I was like, Hey Jalen, what's up? <laughs> I'd be like middle back. Like there's some tall people I grew up with, but, um, uh, I think like in high school, I was like five, nine, five, ten. And then towards like my senior year, I was like six feet, six feet, maybe six one. And then like a couple years later, I hit like six, like six, three. And that was it. Dang. Were you ever goofy? Did you ever, ever have an awkward stage? Were you all um, gang- like a praying mantis, all gangly and shit? Or a um, giraffe? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I was like that in high school. In like early high school. Because you don't show any of that now. It's crazy. It is kind of crazy how big you are and what weight class you're in and how you move around, don't you think? Yeah, I was like, I was always pretty lean, like growing up, but like now I just put a little bit of muscle on, got my dad bod going. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you, do you, it's it, sometimes I hear you say in interviews that it's hard, it was hard to make 155. And then yeah. in, in your most recent interview, you were complimenting Icon Niels in the PI Institute. You said, hey man, smooth weight loss. Yeah, this this last one was like one of the best. Well, compared to the last couple, this one was amazing. It was so smooth. Um, There's no complaints. Like I didn't feel bad. Didn't feel like like of course you always feel depleted and drained cutting weight, but I didn't feel like like I was gonna like fall over, you know. <laughs> so it was it was smooth. And um and basically because of your size and the importance of doing the weight loss properly and the fact that you, your goal is to be the champion, you're not taking last minute fights. Which when yeah. I heard you articulate that, I was like, fuck, that's some smart shit. Yeah, man. I got to be smart this time around. You know, I, like I've, I've grown, I've adapted a lot, you know, I've, I just, it's just, you know, just certain levels you want to reach, you know, and, and you have to do, like, just move, move accordingly. You know, I, I can't be taking crazy fights and risking, risking a loss at this point. Like, like in my heart and soul, like yeah, I do it. I take a short notice fight, like, like. But is it smart? No. Like so, I've had that like instilled in my brain too. Uh, listening to my coaches in my corners uh, and my management. So, um, yeah, I gotta gotta do everything right. A week a week before your fight, this last fight. By the way, your last two fights, man. The the, the other guys were had the total hype train. Yeah, uh, M- Malarkey and and Riddell, like they were getting all the screen time and all the hype. And, and, and the malarkey fight was I was scared for you a little bit. Looked, <laughs> I mean, he just looked like he was born to fight. <laughs> and you had to light him up. Yeah, I, I always knew he was tough. Um, we were supposed to fight it like a couple years back, actually. So that's why I wanted to get that one in. Yeah, he, he looks like he fell out of him. It's like his face was made to punch. <laughs> right? I mean, he looks like a fighter. Some dudes just look that way. Yeah, he, he definitely has a fighter's look. Um. And, and this fight, a week before your fight, you hyperextended your arm? Yeah. yeah what does that mean? Does that mean like your elbow, like my arm goes straight here, your arm started going that way a little bit? Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty bad. It actually still, it still hurts like 
I'm I'm waiting to figure out what's going on. We uh we already got it checked on, so I'm just waiting to hear it back. But yeah, I was doing some grappling. Um, can you tell me with who, so I can put um, him on the, the asshole list? Uh, what's his um <laughs> what's his name? I think his name's Ian. His name's Ian. Uh, it's a little wrestler dude. He trains at Millennium with me. But um, I are had you a mad at him? Should he have known better? Is it his fault? No, are you, man. Are you like, yo, dickhead? I got a fight next week. What are you doing? No, it was it was actually like. Like the whole situation was, it was like a crazy, like a quick, crazy scramble. So it was like, like it happened like the like a split second, and it was, it was, it was. A, he did a legit move, but it's just what I did at the same time as he was doing the move. So I had him in a in a in a, I had him pretty much in an anaconda choke, right? And I'm I'm spinning trying to finish it, and I was like, man, I'm not gonna, like, I'm not gonna keep this up. So I opened, like I guess I I broke the grip, and I I went Gable, I went here, and then um he went for an arm drag because I had his arm, I had his, I had his head. So he went for an arm drag. So he grabs my arm and he pulls my arm and he's trying to drag me to the ground to take my back. And as he's doing that, I feel him moving. I, so I feel him do that. So I get up, I literally like stand up because we're, we're like, uh, like knees on the ground. I stand up and I pull my arm back to, uh, before he tries to get the drag. But as, as I pull my arm away, he catches my glove and he catches like the end of my wrist. And, uh, had bricks in my arm and it just popped. And I was it it hurt pretty bad. It was it was a crazy little exchange. Like, it was literally like split second. So I can't did you stop? Did you guys stop right away? Oh yeah, I stopped. I was I was I was screaming. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. Hey, so so this this thing here, whatever this thing is, probably got stretched out a little bit. Yeah, so it's like it's like all in here. Yeah. Like here. And then like in here and and I already have like like tight bicep tendons. So like my arms don't really stretch that far. Like this is like maximum yeah. range for me. So that hyperextension like really like it really did did a good job on me. And and as you step into the ring with Brad, um do you remember th- thinking about your arm at all? Um I thought about it I thought about it the week it happened. Um I but I mean, really, literally, as you're ending the cage, is that shit just go away or? Yeah, by that time, I'm not even I'm not even thinking about it. I'm just like, I got to Like, once I have to start walking out, I, all that goes out of my brain. I, I'm, I got to go do my job. And the reason why it's so fascinating to me is because part of you wants to be really cautious. You, you like you have a nice car and you only want to drive it fast on the track, right? Like, you know that you're destined for greatness. You don't want to crash this shit fucking like going to the gas station, but yet you still put yourself, you still took this fight. Yeah. And, and it was on a huge card. Yeah, it was, it was too much. Uh, it was, it was more to gain than the risk. So, you know, I kind of weighed that and, you know, my coaches also like put it in my mind too, because they were like, "Well, you know, like if you're able, you should." But if you want to pull out, like, well, really, uh, the big key that helped me is uh, my coach Ozzy, because he's also he was a fighter at one point too, and he said he had he had fought with uh with strained hamstrings and pulled hamstrings, and once he said, "You know what? Like I fought with like I fought with that," and as soon as I went in the octagon and the adrenaline kicked in, like I was able to um you know, overcome the pain, didn't feel it. And so once he put like, once he like gave me that, I love it. Head, he doesn't tell you it's going to be better. He says you'll have adrenaline that'll make the pain go away. <laughs> yeah. So I, I thought of that. I was like, okay, like, like as long as that's like, it, it kicks in, like, I'll be good. Like I'll be okay. You know? Cause I was like, once I was able to start like punching with it 
and like feeling the impact on it and I, I could handle that. I was like, okay, now we're getting somewhere. And then grappling and kind of like, uh, it took a little while for me to like be comfortable grappling with it. There's like certain, certain moves and positions I couldn't do. Like anything that like pushed my arm back, I would, <laughs> I would like, <laughs> like I'd be in a lot of pain. Did you but, feel it at all during the fight? Were you, a few times like, oh, I'm not doing that. No, I didn't even get, I didn't even get to that. We didn't even get in any exchange or any, any 45 like seconds. And it was just over. <laughs> Yeah, man, such a blessing in disguise, right? <laughs> yeah. And he had no idea you're hurt, right? No. Like, honestly, like, majority of the time, like, maybe like 80% of the time when you fight somebody, something's bothering them, you know? Like, that's just how, it, that's the name of the game, you know? And that's why people are like, oh, when are you going to fight again? I'm like, like, you did, like you had a 45-minute finish or 45-second finish. You didn't get touched. I'm like, it's not about the fight sometimes. It's about the training camp. Like, that's where all the injuries and the ailments come from from just dealing with the the onslaught of continuously training and the wear and tear and the mental mental roller coaster it's a lot what's the most you ever weighed in your life you ever broke 200 no i've never broke 200 the most i ever weighed in my life was 193 and that was like during lockdown because i was just sitting on the couch eating playing call of duty and doing nothing um did you do that stuff did you participate in, in the uh in the pandemic stuff I, I know la was i know some cities were like really participating um yeah or were you well, kind of like fuck you i'll do what i want i did i did participate for a little bit and then i and then after that, i was like fuck you like i was like yeah. i'm not i'm not gonna keep doing this shit like i gotta live my life i'm going outside um i'm taking my kids outside we're not gonna be cooped up in the house all the time but but yeah, like I was, I think I just got off, like, I just want to fight too, like right at, like right before that happened. And yeah, so I was like, I was already chilling and I was really chilling. I was like, oh, I don't have to do anything. I was like, cool. Like, okay. It, it, it's weird. My kids do uh, jujitsu and that was one of the places like that didn't shut down. And it was so, it would be so weird to be in a jujitsu studio with like 30 people and they're all rolling around on each other and shit. And then, and then I would see all these grown ass men put their masks on and walk outside. I'd be like, dude. <laughs> I just saw some dudes fucking cocking balls in your face and, and sweat dripping in your mouth. Like what, like what, like what are you doing? Putting your mask back on? Like it was so weird. It was, it's, it's, it, I don't know what's, is, is something weird happening again down there? I live in Santa Cruz. I'm North of you about 300 miles. Mm -hmm. And last week I noticed people have their masks on again and double mask. Is something happening again that I'm not I'm, aware of? I'm, I have no idea. The only crazy, you're not paying attention either. Good. Me neither. Yeah. Like uh, they said something was that monkey pox or something like that is coming out. Very crazy stuff, something like that. I don't know. Like at this point, I'm, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, it's just fewer kids on the playground for my kids. <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> so, so one ninety three, and um, did you did were you did you hate yourself at that weight, or were you happy with it? What'd you think? Um, you know, it's crazy. Like I actually like I carried it well. Like I was like, all right, like my abs were still there. Yeah, I was like, my abs are still there. I was like, okay, I can do that. <laughs> Hey, I saw you uh uh um sparring with um Sean Strickland. Yeah. And when I saw him get in the and, and you're fighting at 155. Yeah. And I saw him get in the ring with uh Alex? Yeah. And fucking Alex's head <laughs> Two of Sean Strickland's heads fit inside the Alex head. Alex has a mandible like a fucking donkey or a horse, like one uh, I forget, a bovine. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean? His jaw is nuts. Uh, did you, were you, Sean, your buddy, were you scared for him when you saw him get in the ring with that guy? Were you like, oh, fuck? Because you make Sean Strickland look a little small and you're a 155 and he's a 185. Um, 
Sean's my boy. Sean's cool. Yeah, he seems fun. He seems cool as shit. Yeah, like Sean's like he's like you either like him or you don't. Like he's not for everybody for sure. But when he first got the call for the fight, like I like we sparred, and I was just like, I was like, I was like, dog, just work on your body lock, work on your grappling, work on your takedowns, take this dude down. Like that was it, you know. And I don't know what happened in the fight. Like the dude's huge. (laughs) Hey, Strickland can make one seventy one, can he? Well, he used to. Yeah, he used to fight at one seventy. And and it just and just at some point in your career you just go up. Yeah, he uh he had I think his his last time was seventy had a tough cut. But Strickland's big. He walks around at like two like like two twenty sometimes. Damn. I just uh what what do you think is gonna happen when I mean, that guy's legit, right? Alex, Alex Prairie, per, per, yeah. Yeah, he yeah, he's legit. Yeah. Uh what do you think happens when um him and Israel meet? Man, I I I don't know. It'll it'll be a good fight though. Um, I I heard someone say that getting kicked by him is like hit, getting hit by a piece of mahogany. Are there do is there are there levels to that the kicking game? Like, there's dudes you're like, oh fuck, I don't want to be kicked by that dude. Um, yeah, I mean, I've heard I've heard stuff like that. I mean, I don't think a lot of people want to get kicked by me. So. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, I know they don't. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Um, you know, um, I, I normally just, am just a fan and I watch and I'm just, I don't really have a lot of pains, but you know, two guys I'd like to see you fight that I'd like to see you beat the shit out of are the two, the, the Irish guy and the English guy, or maybe they're both English guys. I'd like you to just go up to 171 and fucking poppy and Gary in the face. <laughs> and then I'd like to, you to put a uh, Patty Pimlet in a headlock and fucking give him a, you Man, see his I... fight. Do you know, jo- go ahead. I asked for Patty. I wanted to fight Patty before this fight. And and, uh, and and how does that happen? How does that play out? Of like, nah, we're not letting, you, we're not letting you fuck Patty up. We got to make some money off him. <laughs> I mean, and I'm not hating him on him for that either. Like, yeah, you, like build build the hype train. That's why I watch the UFC. Yeah, yeah. I think I think that's the route they're going. But I think Jordan Levitt's going to give him a fight. I don't I don't think that's an easy fight for him. But I don't yeah, know. I hope Jordan ties him in a fucking pretzel. Yeah, I think I think that's probably what's gonna happen. They're gonna have some crazy grappling exchanges. Uh, Pat, Patty, and Ian both always—I mean, I'm not taking anything away from them. They're both great, but they always seem like they're a little too hype when the fight starts, and they're a little sloppy. They're a little fucking out there. Um, I I didn't I didn't watch Ian's fight too much. We were I was getting ready for my fight, so uh, I I can't really speak on. It. I've watched him fight like a couple times. Like he's cool. Like even like in the back room, like he was he was a cool dude. Like, um. But Patty, though, Patty, you know, he's in my weight class. So, he, you know, he's he's competition. We, I'll, I'll, I'll take that fight. <laughs> what do you think about your weight class? Are you ever like, are you ever just like blown away when you look at it? Like, what the fuck? Yeah, I'm like, I'm like. Every fight's a championship fight. Yeah, like literally. And that's, and that's, another, that's like, like going back to like how I'm kind of like, okay, like number 14 is cool, but I'm like. Every fight I have from this point on, especially, it's like super detrimental. Like it's like I'm walking on a tightrope because, you know, the next fight can like make or break you. It could put you up a couple steps or take you back five steps. You know, so because like the the division is so stacked, especially like where we're at, like the new generations coming in, like we're taking over, and it's like it's like one big fight, and you're pretty much like in title contention because the competition is that stiff. It is it is like a new generation, right? 
Yeah. I'm trying to I'm trying to find this list here of uh it's weird. I see 145, I see 135. I see. Uh, hey, you can't go any lighter, right? You can't go down to 145. Nah, heck no. I that would be, that you would be like a you would be you die. Yeah, the last time I hit 45, I was like I was like 21. Okay, listen listen to these guys. I mean I mean it's 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 absolutely nuts. Uh, Charles Oliveira, Dustin Poirier, Justin Gaethje, Islam Makachev, Michael Chandler, Benil Darush, Rafael Dos Anjos, Mateo Gamrot, Tony Ferguson, Rafael Faziz. Man, Faziz is thick. <laughs> he is thick. Armin Surakian, uh, Conor McGregor. How is Conor still on the list? I thought he retired. Dan Hooker, Jalen Turner, Demir Azmagulov. There, there's no one. Everyone in there is like, you don't want to see in a dark alley. <laughs> it, it's all, it's fucking a freak show in there. Exactly. Um, your your you your five fights in a row. Five five wins in a row. Uh, yeah. does that does that weigh on you? What what's the what's the what's the what's what's the feeling like when you get five in a row? <laughs> oh man, I don't know. Um. Or it's nothing. Good. Yeah. Yeah. It's honestly like it's it's nothing. Like, like there's a little bit of there's a little bit of pressure like to keep it going. But at the same time, it's kind of like, all right, like that's you know, it's cool. Like it's cool. Like there's pressure, whether it's my second fight or whether it's I'm coming off a loss like this, it's all the same pressure, you know. Um it's just all how you deal with it. And I deal with it like pretty well. I'm just like, okay, you know, get another win, get another finish, go do my job, do what I do, you know. And I'm I'm happy with the outcome, but but it's not yeah. ba- it's not baseball where or basketball. Like every every fight is your job's on the line. Every fight might as well be a championship fight. There's there's no homeostasis. You don't lose and everything's okay. You lose and slip back. You win. You move forward. There's no like. There's no right? middle ground. I, no, there's no middle ground. It's like every every time you fight, it's the fucking Super Bowl for you. Yeah, legit. Legit, and it's it's crazy because like I've been learning to like not make it as big mentally, but I'm like I prepare for it as if it's like a championship fight every fight. Um, anyone in your family um who who has uh changed their perspective on it? Who is like Jalen? I really don't want you doing this. Any friends and family? And now they're like, okay. Um, my mom was like that when I first started. She did not want. She, I'm her only son, so she was like, "I don't want you to fight." Like you, <laughs> you know, makes like, sense. Makes sense. No one wants their. It's like she. You're her masterpiece, right? You're yeah. her Sistine Chapel. She don't want anyone hitting you in the head. Yeah, and now she's like my biggest supporter. So that's that's always awesome. Well, she's been my biggest supporter since I started. Like once I started, like she's seen my dedication to it, and she saw that like I wasn't like gonna budge on it. She's she started like really backing me. When you when you interact with your kids, do you see your mom like like just now before we came on the podcast? I want my son was in bed and I squeeze the blankets around him like a burrito and I give him a kiss on the on the cheek and I put my hand on his forehead and every every time I do that I, I I'm like oh I'm doing that because my mom used to do that to me, you know and I remember how it made me feel as a little boy. Do you do stuff to your kids and you're like oh shit I'm doing this because I liked it when my mom did it to me? Um, I'm I'm pretty sure I do, but I haven't like paid attention or pinpointed anything yeah 
Uh, any any family? How about even around eating? Is there stuff that you make your kids or give your kids that your mom used to give you that you're like, okay, I love this, or or like I took my, you know, I didn't, I took my kids to Jack in the Box for the very first time when my twins were five and my son was seven, and like I'm pretty, I'm pretty uh, anti refined carbs and anti sugar, and I, I'm fucking can't stand putting poison in my kids, but I took them to Jack in the Box and they were fucking completely blown away that you could drive your car up to a, a window and food came out. <laughs> they were like, holy shit, you know, <laughs> but my mom used to take me to McDonald's all the time. And it was like, it probably like once a week. And it was the best. It was the best. I yeah. fucking loved it. Heck yeah. Um, you, sure. you got any shit like that you do with your kids? I won't tell anyone. No, nah, man. Like we, we just, yeah, we do our thing. We just, we go eat wherever we hang out wherever. It's like, I don't know. Like I, I don't know. Like my mom, she would take us to like, she would take us to places when she could, or like she would mainly like try to like cook when she could. So I don't know. She was work. Like, when you say she could, you mean she's working full time? Yeah, she's working. Yeah, my mom. Yeah, she was. She she uh works. I think uh L.A. County. So she was like pretty much like always always working. We were at school with my with my oldest sister. So what was her job? Um. Uh, children's services with LA County. Yeah. Hey, do you have any concerns about sending your kids to school? I'm homeschooling my kids. I never thought I'd do that. I thought that was for fucking weirdos, but now, <laughs> but now I'm like, fuck that. I'm not sending my kids to school. It's funny. I was just talking to their mom about that. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't know just yet. I don't really want to, but yeah, I, I, I rather do the homeschool route with all the crazy stuff going on, but you I, know, like, um, go ahead. Um, you know, like it's, it, I was talking to their mom about it. And it's just like, um, you know, we used to like think that the the kids that were homeschooled were like socially awkward or whatever. Yeah. But now it's like, you know, with all you see, everything you see going in the world is like, shoot, going, being homeschooled is the route to go because you don't want no crazy, any crazy stuff to happen. Um, I, so I used to think that too. And real, so you want to know what I do with my kids? And I, I don't know if this is conducive to your lifestyle, but basically like right now I'm doing the podcast and my kids are inside the house with mom and they'll wake up and they'll do this thing called Kumon, K-U-M-O-N. It's a Japanese English and math program developed in the fifties, right? Mm-hmm. They do that. Then now I'll wait. As soon as I'm done here hanging with you, I'll just take them to the skate park. And then yeah, after this, right. and then after the skate park, I'll bring them home. Uh, we'll work in the yard a little bit. Maybe we'll water the plants or do some stuff. And then later on this evening, I'll drive them to jujitsu. And then, and then basically, it's just that every single day. And then, then my wife at eight o'clock starts getting them ready for bed. And then, uh, and then uh, I start working on my podcast till midnight. I get on the assault bike and I just start watching Jalen Turner podcast and taking notes and writing shit down and just get ready for the next day. And that's just my, that's my day. But I just take them to different shit all day. You know, just to whatever the beach, surfing, just whatever. And uh, so I took him to a birthday party this past weekend. And as soon as the other kid, I realized it's not my kids that are weird and socially awkward. It's all the other kids. And, and, and my kids do tennis five days a week, too. And I asked the tennis instructor the other day, I said, hey, I go, what the fuck's up with all these kids? I go, why are they all fucking acting like this and not listening and fucking off? And he goes, because your kids aren't in school. I go, what do you mean? He goes, these kids are in a dick measuring contest from the second they wake up in the morning to the second they go to bed. Your kids don't have to do that. That's all school is, is a dick measuring contest. My, yeah, my kids don't do that. They would, if you fell down, they would come over and ask you if you're okay, not come over and laugh at you. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? Right. It's not about, it's not about like, 
No, yeah, it's it's a, a, yeah. And, and so you still get along with their mom. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my, my parents are divorced and, um, and, and they get along too. Um, and I think that's had a huge influence on my life, made me emotionally extremely mature. Um, is that, is that hard? Like, how, how do you know to get along with your, with your ex? Do you do it for your kids? You just swallow down a bunch of shit? No, nah, it's, I mean, yeah, it's, it's a bunch of, it's, it's, honestly, it's, it's difficult. Like, it's, it's difficult in the aspect of the reasons why, like, it, like, stuff didn't work out, you know? Like, we've, we've constantly tried, like, you know, on and off, but, um, yeah, man. Like she, you know, we just realized like we're gonna be in each other's lives forever. Like, I like, guess inevitable. So, you know, why, why make it harder for us for the kids? Like, why fight and be bitter? Like, there's no point. Um, my my, my th- it's interesting you say that. So, I met my wife when I was probably 23, and we were we in the first 10 years were like that, on and off, just fighting and and fucking around and just doing crazy shit, right? But then eventually we came back to each other and we're like, yeah, we're the ones for each other. And that's another thing that I just can't, but we didn't have kids. So by the time we had kids, we had done all the fighting. We were on easy street. You know what I mean? After a while, you're like, Hey, if I say this, she's it's like chess. If I say this, she's going to say that, then I'm going to say this. So I'm going to try to say some other shit. And like, you start trying to like avoid those things and you start to kind of laugh at each other, but you're doing that while you have kids. I like the fact that you just keep that. You, you kind of alluded to the fact that you're, you keep trying, Hey man, we keep trying. I, I'm a big, uh, I'm a big, uh, you know, leave no stone unturned kind of person. And I'm, I'm really like stubborn with things too. And, um, uh, you know, also like me, like growing up stubborn in a good way or stubborn, stubborn and like, I'm going to make this relationship work or stubborn in a, in a bad way. We're like, yo, I'm not going to tolerate this. You're out. No, in a good way. Yeah. Um, and like also me coming from like a broken family myself, like I never really wanted that like for my kids, but like, you know, it's like, there's always a fine line where it's, um, you know, it's either, it's either going to be healthy or it's not, you know? So, um, yeah, like that's, I guess like, that's like, like a, like a point of why it, like, it'll, it's easy to continue because, you know, even the, the things we like, like fall out for, it's like, it's not like really big things, but, um, like there are things that like that have just been built up over the years, but it's not like super crazy big things. So it's like easier for us to like, be cordial go back and you know like say hey like maybe we can try again you know like i'm pretty sure like my friends are like dude again like it's just like you know it's just it's just it is it it is what it is you know but um i i applaud you i applaud you for keep trying i applaud you and honestly like even besides that like dating people is like so it's so terrible these days like like everybody's broken everybody has issues like it's like i'm not saying i don't like but i'm just saying like it's it's horrible like I'm just like, I was like, I can't deal with it, you know? And I'm, I'm super, I'm super genuine. I'm, I'm a loving person. Like, I don't, I don't like wasting my time. I don't want to like go through another talking stage and it's like trying to do all that stuff. So it, it gets, it gets annoying. It's bothersome. I'm just like, for what, you know? I always think if my wife died, I would, I would just become a monk. I have no interest in starting ever. St- like the thought of starting a relationship makes me want to throw up. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> hey, um, it, uh, also, like, you know, my parents were divorced at a young age, too, but I always think this, too, 
and I don't know what the impact is on my kids, but I never got to see my parents show affection for each other. And that's another thing too. Like you don't want to grow up and see that because it's gonna, it's like for my kids, like I'm like, what if somebody, somebody recently told me like, what are you showing your daughter? Like if your daughter is going to see you not showing affection to your, to, to her mom, you know, like that's what she's going to start thinking is okay. Like in her relationships. And I was like, dang, like that was like, so I really like blew my mind too, you know, because you know, if you're always bitter with someone, that's like what your kids are seeing. It's not going to be healthy for them. It's not, it's not putting a good image in their mind. Right. They're going to, we just try to keep reliving our, our, what we saw our parents do. So we got to like break it. So like, sometimes like, like I'm running out of the house real quick and I'll remember, oh shit, I got to kiss my wife. Not because I want to kiss her or because it's the right thing or that, because I want my boys to see it. I want yeah. boys to feel security that they see mom and dad come to get like, I just fake it. I just be, I'd be faked so that like, but who cares? I don't care. Like I'm, I'm doing it like, and, and then obviously, obviously when I kiss her, I'm glad I did it. But, but the whole kind of like, yeah, it's, it's, it's like what you said. I want them to have a good role model, a good model that they see. And I'm sure as a kid, I can only imagine it must feel so good to see your mom and dad hug. Yeah. It must make you feel like, oh shit, this is a safe world. Do, um, do, do, do they live by you? Yeah. Um, they're, uh, maybe like 15 minutes away if that. And you don't have any like crazy rules and shit. You can see them whenever or pick them up or it's all, it's all good. Yeah. We're all good. Like we, like we, since we live so close, we just alternate nights. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Oh, that's, uh, yeah. It was like that with my parents too. Even though they were divorced, there were like no rules. Like my dad could just come over and get us. So there wasn't like, you know, like you had to do every other weekend. You could do three weekends in a row and miss a weekend or you could just do whatever. Yeah. I, my, my parents didn't put any of that pressure on us. Um, do, do you, do you eat pretty healthy? Do you do any shit eating? I, I, man, I, I eat bad. <laughs> tell me, tell me. <laughs> Bare your soul to me, Jalen. Like, um, would you drink a Coca-Cola? No, I don't drink soda much. Okay, okay, good, good. Yeah. Okay, that's good. Like, um, we can still be friends. No soda. Yeah. <laughs> Legit. Okay. Um, Like, last night, well, I had in and out last night. Oh, that's cool. I'm okay. I'm going good. Had, How about a milkshake? Oreo milkshake or anything crazy like that? Yeah, I do Oreo milkshakes. Oh, but I get a, shit. But I get them Jack in a box. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I and then my cookies, that's about it. I don't get too I don't get like I I don't get crazy bad, but like like especially after a fight, like I I got go indulge in my junk food, like all my fast food cravings, and then and I get back right, I get back on track like a couple weeks after. Oh late night, you're watching something, it's time to go to bed, but you want to finish the movie, and so you start getting because you're tired, you start eating. What will you eat? Um like popcorn, a bag yeah, of chocolate popcorn. popcorn. Yeah, or nuts or something. Not not crazy. You won't just start eating Snicker bars. Um, no, I'd eat a Snickers. <laughs> <laughs> I can't say I wouldn't. <laughs> God, it must feel good to work out that hard. How tell me, tell me a, a, a rate tell me your easiest day of working out. Like a day when you say you're not gonna work out, do you still work out? Yeah, I'd probably go for like a hike or like just something something easy, something like just train my dogs. Go do some do some of that, and that'll be that'll be an easy workout. You're a mover. You need to move for your happiness. I, I it's funny. I was just thinking about that the other day. Like I can't just stay home. Like I like I really want to, but I, it's it's hard. Like even like the days like I'm like okay, I'm gonna stay home and like 
do all this and clean up the house. Like I, I have to leave somewhere. I have to go somewhere. And, and do some movement. You mean like go for a hike, play some tennis, wrestle with someone. Yeah. I have to like walk, take the dogs out, go for a hike, like, like something. I have to like do something, but when I relax and I chill, I can chill like for a good amount. Oh, you listen to audiobooks? Um, no, not much. You listen to anything? Podcasts? No, not much. <laughs> uh, how do you get information? Where do you get information from? Um, I have I have friends that'll tell me information, like like legit friends that like tell me good information, and they like honestly like I'm just usually in my own world. T- tell me about this. So, <laughs> the, uh, this is you're at the beach. And I don't know. It looks like you're at the beach, and you clearly have a you have a UFC backpack, and some guy uh, just walked. What What were you doing? And some guy just said, "Hey, can we can we get at it?" <laughs> yeah, man, it was crazy. So I was and doing this uh, is uh two four years ago. Man, that's so wild. That was such a long time ago. Um, we were doing a a, a video shoot for um for Always Ready Meals, the milk company I was sponsored by back then. And the, that that kid, he came up to like there were some other fighters there, like just some local pros. He can he comes up to us like they're like twenty five or thirty five, so they're small dudes. And he likes like antagonizing everybody. He's like he's like oh I see you fight like what's up like and I think he was drunk too. He was like what's up like what are you like you guys wanna you wanna roll? He's like oh I'm from Hawaii blah blah like I used to wrestle like I do this my coach is that I was like I was like dude like like you know, everybody's just like man like. And it's like, that's not how you portray yourself as a martial artist. Like, that's not how you present yourself to anyone. So one of them was about to swing on him. And I was like, no, nah, no, nah. like, we're like, uh, I was like, relax, relax. I was like, I'll roll with you. I was like, let's roll. And, uh, you know, he kind of starts like, you know, like I'm, I'm bigger than everybody else that he's trying to pick on. So he kind of like, kind of like tries to back off and he's like, all right, let's do it. And he's like trying to tell everybody, put your cameras down, no cameras, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, so I one of them like ended up recording. I said, "Put your cameras down. I don't care." Like, and somebody got it on video. Um, <laughs> we roll, and I'm just kind of having fun with him, just seeing where he's at. And then he throw, he puts his leg in my face, and then I, I grab the toe hold. And, like I'm holding it, and I'm like, I'm like, you good? Like, and like I'm like cranking it, and he's kind of like just still there. And like I was like, all right. And then I cranked it a little bit more, and then his his, his ankle pop. You can hear his ankle pop. Oh like, shit! Really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you can if you like listen close, you can hear it pop. And and um, does he limp away? Um, not right after. Like he was good, but like like I seen him later, like on the beach, and he was he was limping a little bit. I was like, I was like, my bad, dude. Hey, but you did give him a warning. Yeah, like he was warned. Like I got, I still got the whole video. Like like all that, all the build up before that, you know. Hey, well, um, he looks like he knows what he's doing, right? He's just, is it, I mean, I mean, do you, do you have any respect for him after that? Like, oh shit, he just came up here and just fucking got in the mix with a bunch of fucking dudes who fight for a living. No, I don't have any respect no, for that at no, all. No, <laughs> Like, I respect, I respect the way he carried himself after and he, you know, just shook my hand and went about his day. That's what I respect the most. But everything before that, everything leading up to that, like even the whole like grappling exchange, I'm like. Like you don't do that, you know, and like if you did do that, like you like you come with a different presence and poise, you know, like I don't know. Not belligerent. He should have just been like, "Hey guys, I've been rolling for five years. Could I just get a quick roll with one of you guys or something?" Yeah, you know, like like just for fun, like not trying to like be a big shot and like trying to, you know, like 
like if we say no, then then it's no, leave it like, you know, leave it at that. Like go about your day. You know, like don't try to like keep antagonizing us and try like try to make somebody like grapple with you, like dude, like like it, it is weird. Like to someone like me, it, it seems like batshit crazy what he did. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. I'm like, wait, what what? You saw a bunch of dudes who are UFC guys with UFC backpacks and you went up to them in your bathing suit and started fucking with them? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> fucking weird it's it's a, it's it's a little weird it's like he's off his rocker um how many uh how many spiders are, are you at now when i first started looking into you i thought maybe you just had one now i'm starting to think you might have a collection yeah i have a collection i think i have um maybe like 20, like 20 oh more. shit jalen that's not that's a problem <laughs> that's an addict you need help <laughs> <laughs> holy shit <laughs> oh man <laughs> um so for fun you like you went to the uh you made a post the other day guys this is a ufc fighter a father of two and he's making posts about going to the reptile expo <laughs> yeah man i went it was, it was fun it was cool it was a cooler expo so you have over 20 spiders yeah do they each have their own facility or do they do any of them share facilities? Oh, um, I have, I have a few, I have a few that are communal. So they, they share it. They share an enclosure right now. Hey, this is going to be one of those things. We're going to see Jalen on the news one day and it's going to be like <laughs> po police arrest man and San Bernardino for having rare endangered spider. <laughs> it's funny. Cause this one on the video is actually a rare endangered spider in, in its locality. Dude, this is a sp This spider's eating a bird. Yeah. <laughs> So you you bought you bought a live baby bird and threw it in there? No. Um, so here's a story with the baby bird. Um, we're me and my kids were at the park and like it fell out of the tree or whatever. So we were gonna try like try to like I was gonna try to like nurse it back to health. I don't know what happened. Like it croaked. It was dead the next day. Yeah, that sucks. So That's sad. happened to me too. I tried to nurse a bird back and I killed it. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, I'm not going to let it just go to waste. I was like, I'm going to feed it to the tarantula. Made a cool video out of it. And you threw it in there and he got it. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. So do any of them have, do any of them are in cages together? Or they're all separated. Yeah. I don't think I have any, any videos of the ones that are together. And are they the same, the ones that are together, they're the same species? Yeah. Same kind? Yeah. And um, do you breed them? Have you ever bred any spiders? Um, I used to when I had more time. I, I don't breathe them anymore. Uh, and, and and you would actually see that happen, and there would millions of little babies sitting on the back and shit. <laughs> um, they'll 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 lay an egg sac, and then like I'll remove the egg sac, or sometimes most of the time I kept it with the mom until they hatched. Wow, it's really this would be cool if there was a spider sitting on this cookie. Oh. <laughs> uh, where is it going to stop? How many spiders do you think you're going to end up with? Um, honestly, I'm I'm kind of done with spiders. Um, not done, but I don't I don't need any more. I have all my favorites. I need like there's like two more I want to get, and and then I'll I'll probably be like settled. <laughs> I love it how it's I'm done with spiders, but I need two more. <laughs> hey, and what is this guy standing on? That why is it moving like that? Is there water under there? No, that's his web. He covers the whole bottom of the cage with a web. Yeah. So anything that lands in there is fucked. Pretty much. <laughs> Have you been bit? No, never been bit. 
they had these at um at some museum I used to go to, and you could hold them, and they would say that if the if the spider got agitated, it would take its back leg and rub one of those hairs off the ass, and those hairs would go in the air, and they would go in your eye. Yeah, have you heard that? Yeah, they're called uh, eradicating hairs. So they kick the hairs, they flick them, and even if it like gets in your, it's, they're like little barbs. So if it gets in your skin, it'll irritate your skin. It gets in your nose and your eyes. It's 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 really bad. Um, I used to have a my 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 therapistermy. Uh, it's a bird eater. She had some terrible hairs. Like even like if I would just like clean her enclosure and like I feel the hairs on my hand, like it 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 it'd be really really irritating. But you can't see them, right? Like you can't look at your hand and be like, there it is, and pull it out with tweezers. No, no, they're 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 too small for that. But you can like, uh, I haven't personally done it much, but like people are like like they'll like get like like tape and put it over the like their whatever area and pull it off to get them out. But it's usually not that bad. <laughs> uh, have you seen this reptile girl on um Instagram? She got like almost two million followers. Have you seen her? No. I got to send you, she, she works at like some huge exotic reptile farm. I'm going to have to send you a link. Um, what was this? Was this surreal? Yeah. So, <laughs> so that was pretty crazy. Like, cause you, you know, handled them so well. You seem like you guys were homies. Like you went way back and he was all up in your business. He loved you. <laughs> yeah. Joe's dope. Joe's super cool. Um, I, I, like, I like speaking on manifestation, like I told him, I was like, man, like I visualize this moment, you know, like I had to like, like I had to get this post for interview, you know? So like, I just was hell bent. Like, I was like, I'm going to win this fight. I'm going to get a post fight interview with Joe. Like, I'm going to make it happen. Like, I'm going to make it happen. I made it happen. So I was like, I was like, on cloud nine. It was, it was dope. Yeah, that's awesome. Do you, do you, do you know when you're fighting next? Um, No, not anytime soon. Maybe like the end of the year, early next year. Do they, um, how does that happen? You're just, you'll just be working out in the gym and you'll look over at your phone and, and you get a text. Um, yeah. So I'm um, sometimes, or, you know, I just talk to my management about it. Like to like, let them know when like, like what's like good timing and, um, you know, when I start throwing my name into, into the hat and figure it out. You fought your, your UFC debut was on the McGregor card. Yeah. Is that crazy? Yeah. It's wild because like, like every, like I'll, Majority of the cards I've been on have been super big cards. So everybody like asks me like, like, how do you feel like fighting on this card? How do you feel fighting on that card? I'm like, I'm like, my debut was on one of the biggest cards in history. Like, I'm like, I'm fine with all that big card, big name pressure, you know? And is, is everyone mingling back there? Um, some sometimes like you just say hi and say what's up you know like and then it's, then after that's like you just kind of like start zoning in for your fight because they like you everyone's got certain, fight jitters right no one's like making friends back there um sometimes like if you know somebody back there like you say what's up like ask them how it's going you know like some small talk and that's it and then you know you zone in get ready for your fight and that, that's about it because like we're not there like the whole night like they like we have certain call times so once we get there, it's like a, like a, like a certain group of fighters, like it'll be like, okay, like early prelims will be there. Then prelims will be there. Then, then main card gets there. So, you know, you, if you're with someone, uh, if you know somebody else on the prelims, like, like close to you, then that's when you like mingle, talk a little bit. Um, you were, you were in Bellator. Yeah. I fought for them twice. And then straight from there, you went to contender series. 
Yeah. So my last Bell- after my last Bellator fight, I went to contender. I believe so. And is that the is that the goal? Is that the goal? Always like if, if every Bellator fighter I see, like I see McGee over there, is his goal like I want to come to the UFC? Um, I, I it all depends on the fighter, you know. Like for me, I always always knew I wanted to be in the UFC. I wanted to be a UFC champion. I just felt like that was like you know the mecca, like the epitome of of MMA, you know. So like that's like the best of the best. So that's that's where I always wanted to be. Like, even when I fought for Bellator, like. Like I asked them, like, hey, like, are you like, are we gonna do like a multi fight deal? You guys gonna sign me? What's going on? They always said, yeah, yeah, we're gonna sign you. Like, like we'll be in touch. Like, let's like we're, we're gonna do it, and never heard anything. So it's like whatever. And, and and then someone reached out, and then someone reached out to your agent is like, hey, we want him on the contender series, or your agent reached out to someone, and then that process just started. Um. Yeah. Uh. He. It's funny. Like. I like me and him had a little falling out right before he got me on contender series. Like I got upset about the whole Bellator situation. I was, I told him like, I was like, man, I feel like you didn't push hard enough for me. And then like, you know, he like, like we, we fell out, we fell out, but it was literally like, it was like a, like a one or two day thing. And then like, he was like, Jay, I'm working on, like my mommy was like, she was like, don't leave Jason. Like he's working on stuff for you. I was like, I'm like, yeah, but blah, blah. Like, I was mad. I was younger. And you know, next thing you know, he's like, it's like Jay, Jason like, who? Jason House. Oh shit. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Next next thing you know, he's he, he called me. He's like, he's like hey, I got you a contender series. I was like, oh shit. I was like, damn. I get I get I get good uh I haven't had him on the show, but I get good good feelings about him in, in, in an otherwise dark a place where a lot of fighters say is a is a dark area. Yeah, he's 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 legit, man. He's good. He's a good, he's a good dude. Are you are you are you good? Are you a good fighter by fighter? I don't mean in the ring. I mean like so so you fought with Jason, then you got back together. Like like they're like I'm I'm good at fighting with my wife. I know how to fight with her. You know what I mean? Like I would never say something stupid. I'd never be like, "Yo, you're a fat bitch." Like there'll be no coming back from that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I don't. I would never do that. Yeah. I would just be like, "Fuck." I would just maybe say like, "Fuck you," or you know what I mean, or slam a door, or you know what I mean, or like, I don't know take all our shit that's sitting on the kitchen table and fucking throw it on our bed and be like, you got to clean this shit. You know what I mean? I'd yeah. never do it. I don't want to like say something that like in two years I got to hear. Yeah. I don't want to come back. I don't want to do that. And I have friends like that too. Like I'll, I have friends I fight with, like we'll fight, but, but, uh, but I, but I, we could come back from it. Are you, are you good? Do you know how to fight like socially fight or do you yeah, fucking I'm like- dig a hole for yourself and you can't get out? I don't like, I don't like getting to that point. I, I no. like, I, I really like despise it. I don't like, I used to not like it too, but isn't it kind of necessary to fight a little bit? No, no, no. I, I guess like, yeah, fighting is fighting. is like arguing like that's, yeah. that's necessary, but I don't like to get to the point where I have to like, Oh, well, I feel like I, I will say something super hurtful to you. You know, like if you get me to that point, like it has to be like, it has to be like, man, like it takes a lot, you know? Cause like growing up, I used to like, have like so much frustration and like be like that so like, i was just like as i matured i was just like dude like there's no point like it's like wasted energy i'm so easy going i'm so laid back i'm like like why even push my buttons to get me to like anywhere near that point you know i'm gonna like de-escalate the situation before it gets there so i don't like i don't i don't i don't like digging holes for myself i don't like saying things that i'm not gonna be able to come back from like and if if i ever do which is like like a two percent chance of that it's like you really said something crazy to me for me <laughs> to say something like that to you 
Like, yeah, I, I don't want to do anything like that that they can hold like uh your friend Carol would never treat her man like that. And then all of a sudden <laughs> I like I'd fuck that. I'm not saying anything like that. Exactly. Yeah, I, I want like like I would rather just hang up on someone, like just yeah. disrespect them or something. And then they're like, "You hung up on me." I like, yeah, well, I'll fight about that. That's cool. You know what I mean? Like, I can come back from that. I can come back from that. Yeah, I I, I think I I do think that if you have a um, it seems like a lot of the relationships I've seen that my friends have with women that it seems like it's good from the outside, and then when the relationships are over, I always feel like it was two people who just didn't know how to fight. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, like they both were just, they avoided fighting and, uh, and they never got in the shit just built up. I can see that. <laughs> you ever do any therapy? Um, not, not recently. Um, I did, I did growing up. I think the last time I even had a actual like therapy session was like, like four years ago. Was it with your wife, with your ex-wife or your or the yeah. mom? Yeah. yeah. Uh -huh. I, I would be in there the whole time being like, fuck, there's a waste of money. <laughs> I'd be thinking about the money the whole fucking time. I'd be tripping. Well, luckily somebody paid for it for us. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Nah, it's it's funny. Like I recently heard something about about therapy too. Um, and the guy made a the guy made a good point. I don't remember. I don't know the guy's name. Like he's like like this like foreign dude. He's like he says all this crazy stuff on social media right now. Ah, oh, dang, I gotta remember his name. But he was like, why would I go to a therapy session to go talk about everything bad I'm going through every day? He's like, if you're always constantly bringing up the bad stuff, all you're going to remember is the bad stuff and you're just going to feel so more sorry for yourself. And I was like, dang, like he, like that was a good point, you know? Like, I kind of like it made sense. I mean, I haven't ever done therapy, but my thought is, is that like, I guess if you have a good therapist, they, they teach you. They, I don't know if they teach you. They give you the tools to be personally accountable and responsible for your own shit. I mean, at the end of the day, that's all that we have. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Right? So, so like, like the reason why your windshield broke isn't because someone hit it with a sledgehammer. Before they hit it with a sledgehammer, you bought that fucking car. You jackass. That's why, <laughs> that's why your fucking window broke, because you fucking bought the car. If you wouldn't have bought a car, that motherfucker couldn't have broken your windshield. <laughs> it's your fault. I mean, right? I mean, at the end of the day, yeah. you started it by buying the fucking car. <laughs> oh, shoot. <laughs> and, and, yeah. and when you're in the ring, that's it. You yeah. are 100%. I mean, even with the referee in there, you can't even like, like I mean, you've seen guys get punched to, 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 at when they shouldn't have been punched and you've seen fights stopped early at the end of the day it's all on you right that yep. guy ha i have to fucking turn that guy's off switch yep that's it like no nah, i i i feel that one that was that was a good analogy um that, that also being said that's why i don't like going to the judges you know i put everything in my own hands to try to finish the fight and get the outcome i want and need when i talk to um fighters they talk about when dudes wilt about how that's the greatest feeling what what is that what is that what can you just define that word for me wilt um sure i word for word it's just it's like similar like like crumble like where they just like break down and it's like they can no longer continue you know like you just like you sense they gave up right but they're yeah. still in there with you and you're like oh shit yeah you're you're you just make you you broke them you it's like <laughs> you just broke them under under your pressure you just put so much pressure on them so much pain that they can't handle it
Um, do you ever, are you ever in the ring and it, it, it must be, there must be ebb and flows where you sense that you might be wilting and you have to like take space or you have to like then overcompensate and start punching the guy. Like sometimes I feel like a guy's losing and he overcompensates and start, starts like fucking going nuts and punching or they t- start taking a lot of space. They start circling the ring like fucking crazy. Yeah. 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 All that, all that goes back to like how you're prepared in the gym. You know, like what you're going to like, what you do under those circumstances and situations. Um, yeah, man, I, I've been there. Like I've had fights where I was like, dang, like I'm like, I, I got, I got hit and I need to like recover. I was like, oh shoot. Like, let me like catch my wits or, you know, I just need to catch my breath. A crazy big exchange. I'm like, all right, let me catch my breath, slow down a little bit, you know, but like getting to the point where I feel like I'm going to like, like, like break. I'm just like, I, I, <laughs> I'd rather die. <laughs> you yeah. Know? It, I, I wonder if it was trippy for, um, I wonder what Israel felt when what's his name was on top of him. The, the, the light heavyweight. Oh, Blakovich. Yeah. I ha- I like both those guys, but I hated that. I hated him being on top of Israel. Yeah. I just like, as I watched, I was empathizing. I just felt for him. Yeah, man. Uh, that that way different plays a big factor you know that's because everybody's like why don't you fight at 170 i'm like by the time i'm in camp i'm like i'll have to cut like seven pounds and then you know i'll be like way undersized so having that weight difference is gonna you know it sucks and it's not about the striking it's about the grappling exactly exactly what like and you know what is he have to go through like <laughs> just having a bigger man on top of you just sucks what 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 is fascinating about your body is that As you climb to the top, before I go there, your UFC C debut was against a Vicente. Uh, Vicente, yeah, that's fucking nuts. <laughs> yeah, all the pressure in the world, right there. That guy is a fucking savage, and he's in the weight class above you. Yeah, and at that time, I walked around at one seventy. So tell me that discussion. Jason's like, we got you in the, so you win the contender series, you go to the UFC and the first, what could you have passed on that fight? Why would you take that fight? That's a fucking nutty fight. <laughs> so when I fought on contender series, I didn't get a contract. Okay. So they put me on like, they, I was on the short notice list, like the call list. So they called me up, asked me if I wanted to take that fight. I said, yeah, I'll take it. Like I looked him up. I was like, like, all right, he's like he's good, he's legit, but do I feel like I could beat him? Yeah, so I'll take the fight. It's like, all right. Well, like, you know, I had I really much You didn't I know who much, he was, you had to look him up. I mean, yeah, like I didn't know who he was. Damn. Like I'm <laughs> you know, I was like, all right, like I'll fight him. But um I I the way I looked at it, I didn't have much to lose, you know, like like it was an opportunity that um you know I've been looking for for a long time, you know, and, and especially since I already tasted being that close to 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 having the opportunity and having that UFC contract, I was like, I'm gonna just do it. You know, I just played the cards I was dealt. You know, I got a bad hand, but you know, I just played it, and you know, now look at where I'm at, where I'm at now. And uh, and and so when you take the Vicente Luque fight, do you get a multi fight contract? Yeah. Okay, so they're not like fight this dude. If you win, you go on. You're like, okay, even if I lose, I, I'll I'll survive to fight another day. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I took it and, you know, didn't, didn't have the outcome I wanted, but, you know, I thought like I was doing good up until that point. It's funny. Um, I seen him before this last fight. I was like, I was like, what's up, bro? I was like, see, you're the reason why I don't fight at welterweight. I was like, look at you. I was like, damn, you're big. 
it was funny. So we're 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 cool. Like we chop it up every now and again. So yeah. And yeah. and then and then the next fight you fucking you mash the guy in fifty three seconds. Yeah. <laughs> and that must have felt great. You needed that. Yeah, that that was like my confidence booster, and you know that's where I that's why I really like wanted to like showcase when I had my original debut. And that's why, like, I just started going so hard, especially, like, at lightweight, because I'm like, there's no excuse. I'm back in my normal weight class. Like, there's no reason why I shouldn't win this fight, you know? Do you, do you, do you think, you think about the, the shit that's happened to you, let's say, just in the in the last, you know, year? It, you, well, not even happened to you. I don't mean this in a good or bad way, but there's a lot of pressure on you, right? You own 20 spiders. You have two kids. You switch. You got a new coach. Um, just a lot of shit's been going on. Um, do you ever wonder like if everything was just perfectly smooth and you had all the pressure taken off of you, if you would be even better, or do you think these are the types of pieces in place that actually make you who you as good as you are? You know what I mean? Everyone fantasizes about, okay, I'm not going to have to work anymore and I'm going to become this professional athlete, but is it like that? Um, honestly, I assume you don't have a job, right? Your job no. is you're now full-time uh, fighting, right? Yeah. All I do is fight. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, honestly, like everything I've gone through is for a reason. Like everything I go through helps me get to another point. And I personally, like it's, it may sound weird. Like I hate pressure, but I love it at the same time. Like I crave, like mm. I crave rising to the, to an occasion, you know? Um, I do know. <laughs> so you know it, it 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 is it's all necessary it is necessary to an extent and like you know yeah like i like i want a peaceful life i want this i want that but you know like you said like it's it it, it everything's for a reason like it, it makes it makes a difference so yeah man like i don't know it's crazy like don't, I, I never really got too in-depth about that but i have i've gone through some shit man like Losing that, losing my coach right before the fight, you know, I I had injuries and all kinds of shit. But it's like, it's like all that is like Two injuries, right? Fight. You had you had the arm and you had something else too, your ankle or something, right? And I popped my rib, rib. That's right, rib. Yeah, like it's like the way I look at it. I always tell myself, like especially when I'm at camp, I'm like it's all adversity from the universe to level the playing field for my opponent because I'm already that much more above them. You know, like that's how I look at it. So that's what I tell myself sometimes, like mentally, I'm, I'm just like, you know, like you're, you're more prepared, you're more versed. So, you know, just, just look at it like that. I, in turn, I guess I put more pressure on myself thinking, thinking about it that way, but it, it gives me a relief in a sense. Yeah. Are those, have you ever lost a leg off a spider? Have you ever been too rough with one of your spiders and you pull off one of his legs? Yeah, they grow back though. No shit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because as big as those fucking guys look, um, they, they look delicate as shit, kinda. Yeah, they're yeah they're 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 tough, but they're not. Hey, have you ever stepped on one? No, no. Oh, that uh, yeah, <laughs> heck no. You you would probably cry, right? No, nah, I wouldn't cry, but it'd be gross. <laughs> it would be gross. Yeah, the crunch, like just, the juice, the guts coming out. Ugh. Um, have you ever, have uh, you have any that were, they, they just, they, they reached, they, they expired. Like you had one that was so old. He just came in there one day and he's dead. Yeah. That's happened a couple of times. And and what do you do with them? Do you throw them away or do you keep them? Um, it depends. Like put how them in a shoebox and let them dry out. No, nah, no. Nah. 
I like honestly, like this may sound crazy, but like I'll feed it to another tarantula. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I don't I I don't I don't let it go to waste. <laughs> wow, how how green how eco-friendly of you. <laughs> so so you would be you'd be you would like grab one and somehow just end up with one leg and then the leg would just pop off and he'd drop down to the back into his cage and you'd be holding the leg? No, like like uh let's say let's say one tried to escape or something. I, I'd accidentally like close the lid on it and it's leg will like come off. Oh, and the first time that happened where you just like, what the fuck have I done? Yeah. I was like, oh shit. I was like, I didn't, I don't messed it up. I was like, he can't move no more. I was like, man, but I like I, quick, quick research and you just figure out, oh, they regenerate their legs next month. So they're good. And, and, and is it all, is it kind of like fucked up, like a fucked up leg? It's like, it's like a little smaller or something. Right back to normal. Really? Yeah. Fucking and all of them, all their legs can regenerate. There's not like two, like you break that one off your toast. Nope. All of them. Wow. Crazy. Fucking nuts. Um, what's the most expensive spider you have? Um probably my my H Pocrypes, my golden blue leg baboon females. Probably those. Uh-huh. Or no, maybe my, my P Metallica. The one that's eating the bird in the video. Oh, really? And how much yeah. is a spider like that? Uh maybe like like 350, 400 bucks. Holy shit. Yeah. You go into the pet store and you're like, I want that guy. And and, and he puts them in a little cardboard box for you? Um, yeah, usually. Or I just buy the container. And and uh, and oh, with him in it, you buy his whole house and everything. Yeah. I'll take him and his condo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. That totally makes sense. And are they all in the same room in your house? Yep, they're all in my room. Some of your friends must freak the fuck out. Your mom must be like, what the fuck happened to you, boy? <laughs> no, man. She's she's used to it. I've been like this since I was a kid. You know, like I grew up watching Steve Irwin and Jeff Corwin. Like those, like those are like my first idols. Like that's what I wanted to do before I, I knew anything about anything. So I've always been to animals like she's used to it. I even had like I had like 50 babies get out one time when I was living with her and they were like all over the house. Like she was so mad. It was funny. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, If these guys get out, can they survive in, in Southern California? Like, could they start breeding and like they it depends on the species. More than likely, they wouldn't. Um, I had my cobalt blue get out. And she was gone for like two weeks. I can find her. And they're like, that's a really humid species. So I was surprised that she was like doing so well. So, but, and you found her and you found her. She was, she was next to my bed. She was laying like right on the neck, like on the side of my bed. I I got, I get back from practice at the gym. I lay down and I hear something move and I hear something hiss. I'm like, what the hell is that? And I was like, oh, that's her. I was like, she's right there. I was like, so. What do you mean you heard something hiss? She hisses? Yeah, it sucks. Some, they'll, uh, uh, yeah, they'll hiss. I don't know the other word for it. Stretch. I don't even know how to say it. Someone but, asked. But they, because I've seen hissing cockroaches in Mexico. Like you'll actually hear a. Yeah. And that's her, like, yo, I'm fucking here. Watch out. Like, I'm going to bite you. Yep. Holy shit. <laughs> Holy shit. I don't know. Yesterday I killed a spider. I felt pretty bad. He was big. <laughs> so if you see spiders around your house, will you catch them and throw them in there? Be like, up, oh, you fucked up coming in this house um it or like crickets like you catch crickets and um it it depends because like i've done that before 
and the spider has actually eaten my tarantula. So I'm kind of like, no like, shit. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Tell me that story. Talk about karma. Holy fuck. <laughs> so I think it was like, um, maybe like, you know, like, like those little like brown spiders, they get like, like that big. Yeah. Um, I threw it in the container at one of my tarantulas. It's running around and I'm like, okay, it's going to like get eaten. Next thing you know, tables turn, boom, they fight, boom, boom, boom. He eats my tarantula. I was like, oh no. I was like, How big was your tarantula? Um, like like a, way like, bigger than him? No, not way bigger, but like slightly bigger. Like it was maybe like, like that much of a difference, you know? Yeah. And yeah, it, it, it got eaten. So that's pretty crazy. That's what happened to uh, Brad Riddell. They threw him in in the ring with the fucking thinking he was going to eat you and he got fucking, he got smoked. That must have been hard on him, right? He shows up, I mean, the pressure, he shows up with Izzy and fucking Volk, two of the biggest names in the sport, and he gets fucking chewed up. They fought, they fought on the same card like a few times. Like every time I fought on an Izzy card, I think Brad fought too. Um, so I, I don't think that was too much pressure for him. Honestly, like, I haven't really even talked about this much. I feel like he just mentally wasn't there for the fight. Like, I don't know if that had to do with 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 him having to fight me, but I really feel like, like he was already already defeated before we even got in there, you know? Like, like I looked at him at weigh-ins, and, like, he looked away so quick. And, like, even when we were in the octagon, like, I, like, I seen him in the – I seen him when I was walking backstage, and he looked away so quick. Him and Eugene, I was like – I like that shit was weird. Like, like I'm walking, like I'm looking, and then they, like he he delivered does this, and I was like, I was like, dude, what the hell is that? Like, like I would have been like intense. Like, you, like if I see, I would at least said what's up or something. Yeah, you know? like, yeah. And you know, like, cause like we had seen each other, um, the day before weigh-ins, and I was like, like I seen him. I was going to the bathroom. I was like, oh yeah, what's up? You know, he's like, oh, what's up? He was like, what's up? I see you soon. I was like, all right, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so like, like I, like that was cool. Like. But then, like, even in the octagon, like, like I'm just looking at him, like, I'm staring into his soul, you know? Like, I'm thinking, like, Mike Tyson, I'm like, I want to look into his eyes. I want to see if he's going to break eye contact. And he kept breaking eye contact. He kept looking away. I was like, and I was like, I was like, he's, I was like, he's not there. I was like, I got this, you know? I just, I already knew it. That's a trip that it's, like, that clear. Yeah. You think he's intimidated by you? Or he had shit going on in life? Uh, me personally, I think he has shit going on in life. I haven't reached out to ask him, like, you know, like, hey, why know. were you such a bitch in our fight, dear no, Brad? No, no, no. no. I'm, no, I'm not that kind of guy. <laughs> I, 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 I legit be like, I'd be like, are you okay? Like, you know, like Robbie Lawler and 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 Nick Diaz. You know, he's like, yeah. are you okay? Like in life, you know, like yeah, like outside of this, you know, yeah. Because, like, you know, like, we're fighters. Like, we fight, but, you know, we're still human. We're people, you know. Like, I got I got compassion for people, you know. Yeah. That fight with Lawler and Diaz was a trip, right? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Throughout my life, I've seen a handful of, of, of dudes get jumped into, like, gangs. And that's kind of like how gang fights are. Like, they fight, they fight, they fight. And then one dude will just be like, all right, I'm cool. And that's the way Diaz did it. He just dropped to a knee, and he's like, I've never seen that in the UFC. Yeah. The way that fight ended, it was just like, he was, I'm good. I'm good. Like it wasn't, it was like the weirdest tap ever. Right. Yeah. I mean, it happens. I don't know. I mean, it is what it is. It was like a slow motion fight. It almost looked, yeah, it was weird. It was like a slow motion fight. Um, you have huge hands, huh? I think they're normal. (laughs) Yeah. I was looking at them at the interview when you were holding the mic. I'm like, Jesus, his fucking hands are huge. (laughs) 
Your dick doesn't want your hands anywhere near it. Hey, get the fuck away. You're making me look small. Get the fuck away. Uh, when I break top five, you will you'll see some showmanship. I'll sell some tickets. I mean, we'll see. I don't know. Um, uh, I don't know, bro. I'll play the game, but you know, I'm cordial for the most part. So I just feel like I feel like, man, like, like at this point, it's like at this point in my career, like there's no point like in talking and talking shit and like having showmanship right now. Like even like later on, like I'm gonna still be humble and respectful, but like I'll still I'll be like, all right, like, you know, I'll feel like the confidence is there to like call somebody out and like like say like i can do this and that with this guy or i'll beat this guy you know like i mean i already like i already believe that but i'm like like what's the point of me like saying that now like i don't know like everybody wants to see like the mcgregors and all these people talk shit and do all this clout for social media and like keep all that shit going like yeah it sells it pays like you know it pays the bills for like when people want to see you fight but i'm like i'm like you should want to see me fight because i fight good you know like also on top of that so i don't know I think I think your eyes and your smile are your greatest assets. You know, I think you express. Yeah, you're expressive as a is all get out, man. You're so expressive. Yeah, like I, I don't know. I don't feel like I need to be like, oh, like fuck you, like let's fight, like you're, you know, like talk all this shit, like I don't know, like it's like I like it. It's entertaining to me, like so, like I understand it, but like it's not really me, you know. Like nobody's brought it out of me where I have to be like that, like. Yeah, that's the thing. I don't, I don't, part of me thinks that most of those guys, they get a bad rap, but some of them, like, like, I don't think um, Kevin Holland's trying to sell tickets. I think that's who he is. That's literally who he is. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. never like, he's putting on a show. He's fake. I'm like, yeah, that guy has an interesting process of, he's getting himself up. Right. Yeah. 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 I, uh, I, I think, I think, I think it's fine. I think it's fine either way. I think it's. I think people just want to see the the fighters be authentically themselves. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, thank you uh, uh, for ninety minutes of your time, dude. You're a beast. You're such <laughs> no, a beast. You, You're though. so fucking cool that you did this with me. Of course, man. No problem. And uh, I'll stay in touch. I got you in my Google Alerts. Every single move you make, every spider you buy, I'll be notified by uh, the the god god on the internet, and uh, <laughs> and we'll stay in touch. Yeah, let's do it. All right, man. Thank you. If there's ever anything I can do for you, hit me up. Congratulations right, on such a successful career. Yep. Thank you, bro. Yep. Ciao. Later. Bam. Nine minutes. Yes. In 2003, uh, the documentary Our House, uh, Jeff, did win. Um, that At that film festival, it went up against the film that won the Academy Award that year, Spellbound. Uh, tomorrow, I want to do a live call-in show, and I wasn't going to talk about this until tomorrow, but I cannot resist. I cannot resist. I want to show you something here. Going to the CrossFit Games uh, Instagram account, and I, I want to show you something. Oh, my goodness. This is, this is better than I even thought. I want to show you something. You guys ready for this? Yeah, he, he does seem like a humble dude. I want to show you something here. I made I made a post the other day of this uh, a, a repost of this. Um, this is the CrossFit Games Instagram account, and unfortunately, this just shows you how bad things are at CrossFit uh, Inc. and how fucked up and out of uh, touch um, they are. It it is uh, 
it, it's almost unbelievable to me that they could be this far out of touch. Um, this this CrossFit Games thing is completely funded by other parts of the company. This thing does not. Um, this thing. This thing does not have life without the rest of the company. The rest of the company does have life without this. So this is like this is not the head or the heart or or anything like that. It's just like a, you know a, a an appendage, a finger. It's not even a good appendage. It's not even like the cock and balls. It's it's just an appendage. And I'm not I'm not dogging appendages. That's good. Like I like my arm. I don't want to lose that shit. Uh, and I made a post, and and it was of um, it was it was of this. And I want you to hear what Dan, what I want you to hear this here really quick. Okay. I want you to hear this. Listen up, listen up. Here we go. Kind of struggling off the floor at the end of the day yesterday. What was your recovery like getting into this morning? Uh, lots of carbs. So the, the announcer asks, what was your recovery like? And she says, lots of carbs. Good on her. Makes perfect sense, right? She's a we saw a lot of athletes kind of athlete. struggling off the floor at the end of the day yesterday. What was your recovery like getting into this morning? Uh, lots of carbs. We know as CrossFitters that the leading, that the, the world's most vexing problem is chronic disease. By far, there is no second place. There is no second place. You could combine all the other shit, guns, COVID, fucking uh, um, transitioning, fucking all the other fucking lunacies out there. Combine them all together. The wars in Ukraine does not come. They still don't reach second place. There is no second place. We are watching a country die under its own weight. We're watching disease fucking explode at an alarming rate. We're watching people who can't think properly. We're watching people who lose self-confidence, who don't even realize that they don't possess accountability and personal responsibility, all because of their addiction to refined carbohydrates and added sugars. One of the only places in the world where you could get that truth was CrossFit. It was by far the loudest voice that was doing it. Now imagine that, a whole world collapsing under the weight of its addiction to something and the loudest voice in the room is uh, CrossFit Inc. on how to save you. It, there's a fire in the building. And with Greg Glassman at the helm, CrossFit HQ was pointing at the door. There's the exit. Now, CrossFit HQ with their messaging and using Danielle Brandon. You have to know I love Danielle Brandon. Love her to death. Awesome. But using Danielle Brandon, she points to the fire. There's a fire in the building. There's a fucking mad dash to get out and escape and survive. And instead of having someone point to the exit, they use their biggest star. She is by far the biggest star. And I'm going to explain it to you. You're going to be like, what about Matt Fraser? What about Tia? What about the people who have more followers than her? Uh, Stan, hold on, guys. They use their biggest star and they point, go back to the fire. This is a company that has completely lost its way, but it's worse. Half the people at HQ know this is fucked up, but Sevon, she really does eat carbs. It doesn't matter. You have to contextualize it. You have to put it in relativity. You have to explain to people. 
When she says something like that, you have to explain why she's using carbs, what kind of carbs she ate. The, the, the world's going to take that completely out of context. Here's why she's its biggest star. Recently, we got all the numbers back from uh, uh, our monthly numbers back from our YouTube station. We only have 15,000 subscribers. But you compare us to everyone else in the ecosystem, including CrossFit Games, who has 2 million subscribers or 1.8 million subscribers, and you will not see some of the fucking metrics that we have with only 15,000 subscribers. And what those metrics tell us is that the people who listen to the Sevon podcast are the most active and the most easily to convert and watching the show longer than anywhere else. And there's all these metrics that we blow everyone else out of the water. That's what Danielle Brandon is. She's a fucking needle mover. She may only have two, three, four hundred thousand uh, Instagram followers. She may not have the 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 two million or whatever that the Sarah Sigmund's daughters and the Matt Frazier's. But this this what she says matters matters to a ton of people. People are all up in her shit. She's dynamic. Would you rather have her four hundred thousand followers or fucking Danny Spiegel's eight hundred thousand? I'd rather have fucking ten thousand of fucking Danielle Brandon's than all fucking eight hundred thousand of Danny Spiegel's. Not a shot of Danny Spiegel, but the people who are following her—they're fucking—they're not the needle movers. I don't know this for a fact, but I would fucking bet my fucking two inches of my cock on it. CrossFit Inc. is using its largest social platform with 1.4 million followers to sit to push carbohydrates with no contextualization just to, just like that's it look at i mean that that's the only what else is there she's she's gonna run and eat carbs and then we're gonna show you the most beautiful body in the fucking world we saw a lot of athletes kind of struggling off the floor at the end of the day yesterday what was your recovery like getting into this morning uh, lots of carbs. And then uh, this shot, by the way, is horrible. You pick the ugly, the only ugly shot that fucking exists in the history of fucking Danielle Brandon, and you put it up there. Like, like uh, this is just just shitty editing. Oh, if I want to, if I want to look like this super fucking incredibly fit, super hot fucking chick who's fucking capable of anything, I'm going to eat carbs. That's the messaging from CrossFit Inc. these days. Hey, I bet you the kid. I bet you the person who made this shit cut doesn't know a single person on the L1 team. I bet you they don't know Nicole Carroll. I bet you they don't know a single Flowmaster. I, I, I would, I would, I want to say they've probably never even been to an L1. Who knows? But do you know why I would have never made something like this, or fucking Heber and Marge would have never made something like this, or any of the people, or uh, um, uh, Michael Dalton, or Jay Vera, or any of those people would have made something like this? Because we've fucking been to fucking fifty L1s. Because we had flow masters who were our friends. Because we heard Greg Glassman giving the vision every single fucking day. This is, if I was Danielle, I'd be pissed. And they got it pinned at the top. This, someone there either hates you, hates her, or is fucking stupid. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. There's no reason to celebrate carbs out of context. <laughs> No, it, it's nuts. The company, the company is fucking lost. Yeah, shout out oatmeal. Wow, I never even made it to the end. Shout out oatmeal. So that's how they sandwich it: eat carbs, oatmeal. I have no, I have nothing ill to say about Danielle Brandon. Carb away, girl. Eat oatmeal. 
But for CrossFit to lead with this with no context, uh, douchebaggery and completely lost their way, it's the exact opposite of everything, of every message that CrossFit should be sending in terms of what the people in the affiliate should be doing. Am I saying you should be carnivore diet? No. I'm saying you should be giving responsible nutrition advice because you have the cure to the world's most vexing problem. And at the bottom of your pyramid, which I bet you this current CEO doesn't even know, is nutrition. Most of the people who do CrossFit think it's a fucking fitness regimen. That's like saying I'm just ahead. I'm not. I'm fucking all sorts of shit. I'm some titties, I'm some arms, I'm some elbows, I'm some wristbands, I'm some short shorts, I'm some feet. It's really it's 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 so it's so it's so disappointing to see. Um, it's like taking the world's last ambulance and turning it into a fucking hotel or into a shag wagon. CrossFit's the ambulance and it's just being turned into shit. Used to come in there and be able to get healed and nurtured, and now it's a place to fucking eat gummy bears. It's sacrilege. I don't. I. I. I, I bet whoever runs their social media, fucking fire them today. Useless. You. Uh, sorry. Yes. Thank you. Sixty percent nose. Yes. Sorry. I don't know how I forgot that. Forty percent cock. Sixty percent nose. Or is it sixty percent cock? Forty percent nose. Whoever's running their social media, ditch them. Ditch the whole fucking games team. Throw them in the trash. Start with Justin Berg. This is this you. You're destroying yourself as a brand. This thing will not survive on its own. You won't. The games is just a fucking arm. This thing will not survive on its own. Make it a real. That's all I got to say. Make it a real. They should hire me for their social media. They should hire anybody. They should hire anyone who knows the knows the methodology, knows the message. Seb on check your Instagram message. I got banned from running ads because I promoted a post showing me on a scale and before and after pics says I'm promoting diet culture. Nuts. We're all on a diet. You choose your diet and we stay on it our whole life. Choose a smart diet. Start using the word properly, right? Big and flexy. They don't even know how to, they don't even know what the word means. We're all on a diet. Choose a choose it, choose a healthy diet. Follow it every single day as close as you can. Get better and better every day. This is the kind of shit that, that this is the kind of shit I would expect to see on ESPN, the shit that they have of what Danielle Brandon saying. Just completely negligent. 40% of your company is probably owned by Mars, Mars Chocolate, Mars Confessionary. What a weird word, confessionary. You're not there to throw the donuts in the trash. I think what Jeff is referring to is, yeah, that's exactly right. When I worked at CrossFit HQ, someone would bring a fucking box of donuts in. One of us from the media team, would, it was usually someone from the games team. One of us from the media team would go over there and just throw it in the fucking trash. Their fucking whole birthday cake. Fuck you. And I, and let me tell you something. I have no problem with eating a birthday cake. But in the place you talk the talk, walk the walk. 
I eat shit once in a while. I get my swerve on once in a while. I don't leave a cake in my refrigerator. If there's a birthday party at my house, let's say my kids have a birthday party and we get some cake and the cake's not all eaten, it goes in the trash that night. Thank you, Elise Carr-Ridow. I do drink. Not a lot. I do drink. I go through phases. I don't need it. I go through phases. But 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 I'm not a, um, you know, if I told you what I drink, you'd laugh. I really dilute shit. Like really, really. Like even if I were to have, let's say, a kombucha, alcoholic kombucha, I would dilute it with like a, a liter of uh, sparkling water. My days of drinking are kind of over. Sometimes I'll go a year without drinking or two years or whatever. I don't even, I can't even, I can't even drink beer anymore. I can't even stand the taste of it. Big and flexy. I can't show that I've lost 150 pounds, but they're perfectly, but they are perfectly content if someone shows themselves eating a whole cake. The woke healthy at every, yeah. Just please, uh, big and flexy, please keep being the, um, Keep being a um, no nah, Jaeger bombs. That was high school. That was thirty years ago, forty years ago. Uh, please keep being the role model that we need. I, I'm going I'm to be even more clear because there's going to be some people who still don't get it. That Danielle Brandon video, all, it, it's awesome. All you had to do is start it with her a- answering another question, like any question, like whatever other questions they ask her. Have her answer that question and then then have it go into it. And then end end with something else. It would have changed nothing. This this is a this is a um, a commercial for General Mills. Do you know who General Mills is? This is a commercial for uh, Kellogg's. This isn't a commercial for CrossFit. Who the fuck is working there? This isn't a this isn't a CrossFit commercial. We saw a lot of athletes kind of struggling off the floor at the end of the day yesterday. What was your recovery like getting into this morning? Uh, Captain Crunch. I ate a lot of Captain Crunch. Yeah, that's not that's not a commercial. That's not a CrossFit commercial. Who the fuck is in charge of your fucking media there? Toss them too. that chick. Aaron, bye bye. Andrew Weinschnitzel. Adios. Later. I love a Jew, but you got to go. You got to go, even for my peeps. You got to go. Kind of makes you wonder if someone's even there inside sabotaging on purpose, but I don't think so. If someone's something stupid's going on, if I'm an affiliate, I'm not happy. Rich Holton, uh, because they do not have the drive or discipline to even be 80-20, they want to attack you for your ability to do something you can't. Oh, yeah, to big and flexy. Yeah, totally. Just think of all the little girls who know who now think eating carbs will get you to look like that. I know, and they could have contextualized that. If you sat Danielle down, we've had her on the podcast. She's fucking amazing talking about it. She talks about basically how she used to not eat enough because she wanted to be skinny. She was on an assault bike one day. She fucking basically fucking petered out and fucking collapsed. She got a a nutrition coach and they got her on a fucking program. And if you're fucking Matt Fraser and whatever fucking, and you're selling your soul on the assault bike every morning when you wake up, 
which is come, which most people have never done even once in their life. 99.999% have not even done that once and they don't have the balls to do it once. It's scary shit. Sell your soul on the assault bike. You guys know what that means. If you've ever done it, it's fucking vile and you feel horrible for an hour. Then go ahead. You, 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 are you're, you're a different creature. Drink your Coke in your Snicker bar. So sad. Part, the, 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 the frustration you're hearing me, it's just so sad watching this happen to. I wonder, I, I wonder what they do over at street parking. You know, there's this thought that um, there's been this thought for the last five years that someone just needs to build CrossFit somewhere else and let it and rebuild it somewhere else. And after spending that time at that street parking uh, event, I was thinking, oh, shit, maybe they've done it already. I mean, it's fucking massive. And they got a great community. Maybe they were just slowly building it over there. I don't like online shit. My mom loves street parking. I, and I don't even know online shit. I, when I was hanging with uh, Miranda and Julian, I was kind of trying to plant the seed that they build a destination gym. I think that would make everything more palatable for me that's online. Like a gym that's like, this is where, this is the street parking gym, you know, and it's a real brick and mortar, like the original Santa CrossFit Santa Cruz gym, where like you could be like, oh, that's where Annie did the pull ups. Oh, that's where Greg Amundsen did his thrusters. The problem is these high level athletes doing three wads within a few hours, and these athletes need this stuff not for everyday crossers. Yeah. I don't, I would change. Uh, thank you, Rich. I would change. Now you're being very clear. I would change not, I would use the word the problem is. I would just say, these high-level athletes doing three wads within a few hours, and these athletes need different stuff for everyday than everyday CrossFitters. Yeah, yep, they do. Yeah, Peloton does have the yeah they have that yeah they have the destination right where you can go there when you're in New York and like ride the bike in the one that's on the videos. Yeah, it's cool. I think my friend. Uh, or, or, or maybe I should use the word colleague. Mariah Moore made the fittest on earth next gen. And it's kind of why I don't want to see it because I'm concerned. What if I don't like it and I say something about it and I don't want to say anything to hurt her. I know the preview shot beautifully. This is a weird, weird shit's coming out of Tia's mouth, but it shot beautifully. What a shame that I'm fucking going off at the end of this show that no one's going to see. Maybe I should have saved it for tomorrow morning. All right, guys. Thank you. Um, tomorrow morning, I'm going to try to do a live call-in show. We have no one scheduled. Then uh, we have Rebecca Fuslier. I know I'm saying that wrong. Uh Coming on Wednesday, that'll be fun. Uh, then on the on Thursday, we have Nathaniel Nolan. That's the guy who's been walking on his uh, – he has not stood up and walked on his feet like a normal human being, I want to say like in a year or something like that. Then on Friday, we have Amy West on. Amy West uh, is a friend of mine for a long time. She came on the CrossFit podcast. She's a, a pretty hardcore CrossFitter, super active in the community. Uh, she graduated from NYC Film School and then – I know she's a physician now, and I want to say that maybe she went somewhere crazy like Harvard Medical School, total overachiever, and she's on the DEI Council, diversity, 
exclusivity, inclusivity. She's on that council that I always poke fun of. And then on Saturday, we have Dalton Rasta on. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, Dalton is uh, undefeated over at Bellator. Always great having him on. Then Sunday, we have wide open. Then on Monday the 18th, we have Matt Bordeaux. He owns uh, three schools, uh, three acting academies. Uh, these are schools for kids where the kids run the schools themselves, which is going to be pretty awesome. Oh, if Dale Saran coming back on next Thursday. No, that's two Thursdays from now. Shit. Susan's been busy scheduling people. What about, uh, I know we were supposed to have Dallin and uh, James Sprague on. I, why don't, I don't see them on the calendar. When the fuck are they coming on? There was someone else we should have on here. Oh, how we need, we, I don't see Hunter and Eddie, um, and Eddie if. I wanted to have both of them on too. You need five minute friend to pronounce the, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Okay, guys, thank you very much. Um, I saw Ashley, one of the listeners to the podcast yesterday. I ran into her at uh, the market. She was visiting from Sacramento, and she and I'm, I. It's so weird. I I stay in this really tight loop. Like finding me, if you know my schedule, finding me would be so easy. I'm just like a, such a creature of habit, and I just go to the same places and do the same things every single day. And yesterday, this young lady and her boyfriend came down from Sacramento to go to the beach in Santa Cruz. And I'd never met them before. And she came up to me. She's like, oh, my God, I listen to your podcast. And we got to hang out for 10 minutes. And it was cool. But it was weird because I, I, I'm usually like so uh, undercover and just stay in my lane. And I, it was weird. It was a trippy experience to be spotted out in the wild from a podcast. Okay, guys. I will uh, talk to you tomorrow. Mm, bye-bye. <laughs>